Welcome back to the City of Homes Podcast, episode 51. Oh, wait, no. That's not how I was supposed to do it. <laughs> you practiced. He was rehearsing. All right, we're going to redo that. We're going to redo that, but we're not going to redo it, but we're going to redo it. Welcome back to the City of Homes Podcast. Thank you for watching, listening, viewing, and subscribing. Was that what you wrote down? No. But that's what I'm going to run with anyway. That's what felt good off the tip of the tongue. That's what I got to say. We got a new video up, new content. Other than the podcast. Yeah, our Raising the Bar video. Shout out Loot. Shout out ID. They came and did their thing. They killed um, it. Shout out Soren for supplying the beats. Always. Mm-hmm. And we've got a lot more where that came from. Yeah. Yeah, which reminds us, do we want to shout out? If, I mean, at the end of the video, you see it, but like, any rapper or artist listening, if you if you want to come on, shoot we're us here. A DM, shoot us a DM or email. We're not DJs or anything, but we have some mics, and if you want to rap into a microphone. We got beats for you. We got beats. How are you doing, dude? I'm doing all right. How was your day? How was work? I haven't talked to you in it a while. It was good, yeah. Uh, did you work today? Mm-hmm. It was stressful. It, I met with the big bosses. Angelo's been on vacation. Oh, that's right. And so I've been running the store for like the week, and I've been opening every single day, which has screwed me up because I used to have like closing routines, and now I've been waking up at four or five every day. And yeah, I've been running the store, and today the big bosses came and viewed the place to evaluate it, and it was good. They only, stayed, they only stayed for like 20 minutes, and they told me one thing about like a sign, and then they left. Didn't even say bye. What sign? Jerks. Oh, well, it was a product that an employee had just slotted onto the shelf, and she asked if I could make the signs for them, and I was in the middle of helping a customer or something, so I didn't make them yet. And so, yeah, they're like, you need these signs. And I was like, I already got it on my list. But then they left, and they didn't say bye. Can you believe that? Yeah, I, I hate when bosses do that. Like, I get it. They're just doing their job, but at least be like, hey. See you later, Brian. Later. Man. Thanks for running the show. Right. It's a, I don't. I didn't need it. It's all good. I'm not hurt or anything. Yeah. Um. So before we get on to today's guest and episode, furthermore, I wanted to thank everybody for 500 followers yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. That a little cool. mi- little milestone. Cool to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little, being a little bit over a year in. We uh, got a couple emails we got to look at too. Did you see those today? We got a couple emails from people that reached out oh, so I we got we got that email today after the episode we'll check it out but anyways today move over here danny pick three questions please three listener questions that we'll just randomly ask today we have a guest that i've been excited for because i've been inspired by her work for since i pretty much started in the scene we have jesse Kaysen. she is she does a lot of stuff but she's a local photographer professional photographer Yay. and full-time hustler Hello. how are you doing you do you want to wear the headphones or no yeah i do with those, you can only hear it in one side, so I'm sorry about that. Should I just wear one ear, like this? Like, a, does this look cool? That looks pretty I dope. I have to hold them. Is that fine? <laughs> you can wear both if you want okay. to. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to wear either. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine, right. too. Give up. And then just like a fist away from the mic is the best audio preference. How are you doing, though? Excellent. How are you guys? Doing really good. I feel like I'm going to break something. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, this, this is super durable, so yeah. you can move these however you need to if you need to lead back or whatever. So good. All right. Get into the first question, Danny. So we have a listener question oh, and random random listener. Uh so it says if you could bring back any fashion trend what would it be? Uh, oh, I really want to see in 2020 more fellas wearing crop tops. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, early 90s, dudes wore like the crop top uh football jerseys. It was hot, it was a good look. I want to see it. So you guys feel free to lead that trend. <laughs> you had a podcast, didn't you? I did have a podcast for a little over a year and a half. I had a podcast called Spew, which was a great podcast with me, my friend Shelby, and Libra Schneider was the producer. 
and we talked about uh, nerd culture and pop culture and things going on in the news from like a feminist comedic standpoint. How long did that last? Uh, we did it for a little over a year, maybe almost two years, really. I think so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And we only really stopped because, I mean, as you guys know, podcasting is a lot of work. It is. It's a lot yeah. of work. And we had actually, like, we did a live show and we had all, oh. we had a pretty good listenership. Uh, but I was just like, I don't have time for this crap anymore. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I had to kind of like let it go, sadly. But it was a lot of fun. Is it still available? No, because we had to pay to host it to get it on iTunes. And oh. I didn't want to pay to host it when I wasn't still doing it anymore. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. There's like maybe like five or six episodes on YouTube. If you really want to find them, they sound like poo-poo crap because mm-hmm. that was before we had Lee producing. <laughs> um, and so, but they're still there. They're cute. Dope. Okay. <laughs> um, we can just start from like beginning with just some like basic questions if you yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, so... That's why you want your phone on you. For reference. <laughs> yeah, I do that a lot, too. He's a phony! <laughs> well, <laughs> I come correct. Um, Except for that intro, but... <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> harsh. All right. Harsh. All right. So, okay. <laughs> That's not good. I'm start over. <laughs> Get your face. <laughs> okay, we're back. All right. Thanks for all the room you left me over here. I'm trying. I'm trying. So... I wanted to know, what started your interest in photography? Gosh, it's it's a long journey. Uh, I started probably back in 2005, 2006. Um, and my initial real interest, to be honest, uh, you guys are too young to remember MySpace. Um, <laughs> I needed better MySpace selfies. And so back then in 2003, 2004, all you really had for photos was a crappy little point and shoot camera or you could go to the mall and get in one of those photo booth things. And that was really your only two options. We didn't have mm. camera phones yet. Um, so I would borrow friends' cameras and try to take better selfies from my MySpace. Got some pretty good stuff. And uh, I actually had, about that time, really gotten into Photoshop. And I had been illegally downloading Photoshop for many years and continued to do so for many years after. And so until they made it subscription-based, and now it's pretty affordable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. I started, I really liked Photoshop. I liked chopping up other people's photos and mashing them together and making really cool stuff. And so I wanted to do that with my own photos. So that's pretty much how it started. And I think I read in Set Life magazine, you posted on DeviantArt. That was one of your outlets for... DeviantArt was like kind of where I cut my teeth on photography, where I would post literally whatever stupid piece of crap that I created and was like my art, like literally photos of dog poop that I then was like, this is art. This is my art. You guys, you have to respect it. It's my art. And um, dead birds and just like whatever bullshit. Uh, And DeviantArt was a very harsh place at the time. People would come into your photos and just straight up tell you your picture of dog crap is dog crap. It's awful. You should not have posted this. And it was good. It was a good learning environment. I think you need to be able to take that kind of criticism and really build your skills based on it. And if you're not able to, you're never going to make it as a professional artist. So, because your Instagram is like full of just really awesome looking, like it's very like unique style of photography. It's not just like, like, I don't want to say like typical because every photographer is different with their stuff. But you know, like it's very atypical. Thank you. And it sounds like you were like that from the beginning. Well, no, I, from the beginning I was pretty terrible. And, uh, there's like a famous quote that says like your first 10,000 photographs are your worst photographs. And that's very true. Uh, I think if you are a person who picked up a camera and immediately started taking like really good magazine quality photos, like you're a fucking freak and Mm -hmm. no one likes you. Um, and most of us are really, we, we struggle at first. Uh, I didn't start developing my point of view as an artist until 
I started experimenting with off-camera flash and off-camera lighting. And that was when I started to really say, oh, okay, this is what I've been wanting to create this whole time. I just didn't know that was what I was going for. Mm -hmm. So I really started to uh, kind of develop that, that voice whenever I started really learning to manipulate light and create the vision that I had in my brain. Okay. And I was talking the other day with someone about photography and like when I was younger, I kind of misunderstood. I thought that like the nicer camera you had, the better quality your photo is going to be. Right? But now <laughs> I'm older and I realized that photography, yeah, camera has a lot to do with it, but it's more so like the, the lenses, his, his uh, wife is a photographer and nice. the lenses, she just bought a lens that was like thousands of, I don't want to say how much it was, but it was a lot of money. And I was like, dang, that's more than the camera. Yes. But I feel like a lot, most of photography has to do with the equipment around the shot, like the lighting and the things that go on the camera rather than just the device itself. Yeah. A lot of people like to say that it's not the camera, it's the photographer. And that's true, but your equipment has limitations. There's certain things you can do with certain cameras that you can't do with others. You yeah. know, a, a mm -hmm. certain quality cameras are better in low light situations. So if you're shooting, for instance, concerts where there's not a lot of lighting, yeah. you want to have a camera that can really handle a lot of uh, or really high ISO, can really process noise better, that sort of thing. You'll want to have a lens with a really wide aperture so you can let in more light, all those sort of things. So if you're shooting with like a crop sensor camera and an f5.6 lens, you're going to struggle at a concert. And I know that probably doesn't make any sense, but... It makes sense to me. Gibberish. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I don't know what, what is it that, because whenever you're like taking, if you're trying to shoot photos of like a guitarist at a show or like a singer or something, it's always blurry if you try to like take it because it just like the movements, it just can't capture in that light or whatever. What oh, yeah. part of the camera, like what is it you look for if you're trying to capture like rap, like, like skateboarding or like action sports, if you're doing a rapid movement? Right. What, what do you need to like look for in camera specs? So really any camera can shoot, uh, uh, what's essentially a fast shutter speed is what you need for a situation like that. You need your shutter speed to be fast enough to freeze your movement. And if you can't get your shutter speed fast enough to freeze your movement, you need to add more light. That way you can use the flash to freeze movement, which is essentially what you're looking for. Now there's other ways. There's ways to get artistic blur. Some, some of the best concert photographer free, free, photographs are blurry and that's fine as long as the right motion and the right thing is captured yeah. so they don't always mm -hmm. have to be perfectly tack sharp mm -hmm. mine are uh but they don't always have to be mm -hmm. <laughs> um and i actually probably miss a lot of really good shots because i'm so worried about making sure that everything's sharp and in focus which is really not that important in concert photography yeah. but i really don't do concerts that much anymore it's not really my focus anymore so so yeah. With all of that knowledge that you have currently, is that all self-taught or, or what, what, what was it? When, when did it start? When did you start learning all of this stuff? It's all self-taught in the sense that I Googled it and learned it from someone else. Probably. Uh -huh. uh, I went to YouTube university, of course, yeah. uh, like mm -hmm. most of us do now. Uh, so yeah, that a lot of it is just uh, trial and error too. Um, one of the first photography uh, experiments that I did that really taught me a lot about light and composition was something that someone on the internet suggested, which is I took an egg and I sat it on a table and I photographed it from every possible angle. angle. And I changed my little settings and I, I tried things and it was just an egg on a table. But I was able to kind of learn like what those settings do, how the light hits things, what angle I want to be at when I'm shooting in relation to the light. So just practicing on inanimate objects and then really just playing with your camera settings will teach you more than any photography degree ever would. Yeah, because <laughs> it's overwhelming whenever you get like a DSLR camera and there's all of these things it can do. And mm -hmm. especially if you get one that you know, like the pros use, you know, I can do what they do now. I just okay. need to learn how to like go about that. And yeah. and uh, this is a little bit off topic, but on your website, a little a little bit ago, you posted an article about uh, 
shooting bubbles <laughs> and making it look like a like, like a little planet. Yeah, yeah, and you so fun. <laughs> yeah, and that, that that seems like such a fun outlet to just because sometimes you might think of photography as just like this person or thing that you need to get a good photo of, but like you can play with shots and like the way you can edit or shoot it, it like can open up a whole new world. Absolutely, you know? and that's one of those examples of you have to have the right equipment for the job. Yeah. So I took photos of soap bubbles. Uh, and that only worked because I have a macro lens. Now, it's actually my cheapest lens. It's like, I don't know, six, $700. It's not that expensive comparatively. Um, but if you don't have a macro lens, you're not going to really get those same sort of results. So mm-hmm. equipment is important. Uh, but that was actually an experiment that I came to uh, because I recently left my day job and I'm just doing photography full time. And one thing they don't tell you about going into business full time for yourself is the crippling depression that comes with it because you're just overwhelmed all the time by having to hustle and make your own money. And there's no guarantee that anyone's going to pay you for anything. So one day I was just sitting at home, just just crippled with self-doubt, just certain that I was terrible at photography. Imposter syndrome. (laughs) Imposter syndrome so bad. And I was looking up just like, photography challenges I was just like you know give me a challenge give me something I can do in my house without anyone paying me to do it because I barely ever shoot anymore without someone paying me to do it so I was like let me just try something creative and I came across someone else's tutorial tried it didn't work so I kept playing with it until I figured out how to make it work and it was so much fun I love those photos yeah so when uh I'm trying to get a time frame because you moved to Florida in 2011 right yeah somewhere around there so it's almost 10 years yeah so um when did you when did you, did was there a moment you recognized photography as like, this is my thing, this is what I want to get good at? Yeah, I'm not sure if there was a moment necessarily. I know there was, I was working at a nonprofit, which I loved, and I, I I've, my entire adult life was working in uh, disability support services, so serving people with disabilities. And um, I was I was working there, and, and a friend asked me at work to, to shoot something for him, and I did, and he was like, well, send me an invoice, and I was like, I'm not going to invoice you, I'm not even good at this. And he happened to be the director of a program there that was uh, dedicated to empowering entrepreneurs and helping them start their own businesses. And so he insisted on an invoice and then he insisted that I join his program. (laughs) And it was really, really helpful for me. I still didn't learn a lot about the actual day-to-day functions of running a photography business in that program, but I learned a lot about, you know, how to apply for a business loan and how to create a business plan and all those important things. And after I'd kind of done that, I was like, okay, this is definitely a goal that I have for some day. So then from there, was it just kind of trial and error, like to where you're at now and you, you under, like in the Set Life article, you also mention how as you run a business, you need to learn how to run a business as far as like getting insurance and data recovery or data backup and like all these little things you don't really think about. It's not as simple as just getting someone to pay you to do what you do. You need to be a business and have a salary and things like that. Was that trial and error? There was a little bit of trial and error. It was a little bit of... um, Uh, about two, almost three years ago, I left my job at the nonprofit and I went to go work as a photographer full time, but for other people, other people who had companies. And I learned from running their companies what I needed to do to protect their investment, which was the money they put into this company that they then let me run. So, so I learned of that. I learned so much, honestly, from Facebook groups. There are huge amount of groups of, uh, uh, for, for photographers where people talk about their businesses, what they've tried, what didn't work for them. They exchange all this information for free. Super, super helpful. Um, so I learned a ton from just other photographers who are out there willing to share that information, which is awesome. So that's why I'm willing to share it too because someone gave it to me for free, so I don't know why I shouldn't give it away too. Yeah, and <laughs> I like that. I like that with your social media presence. It's not only like content of your profession and your art and stuff like that, but 
advice like you know like i looked at the post of um the racetrack that yes. there was the t and they commented and then you posted about them dming you about wanting to use your shots for exposure or right. something and you just called them out and you're like this is what i charge yeah. so that's what you'll pay exactly <laughs> and you know i get hit up pretty frequently by brands who want to hire me to do photos for them so that's where i'm like well why the fuck would i do it for free that other brands yeah. want to pay me so if racetrack doesn't want to that's fine i'll still drink their tea but uh, <laughs> but yeah it's uh it's very easy to get caught up in the exposure game with photography because it's like I am a professional photographer who gets paid thousands of dollars to work with big brands and I still wake up every day and doubt myself and I still wake up every day and think I'm terrible at this so I know people who are not in my position are doing the same thing and that's why they're not charging (laughs) they're still working for exposure Mm -hmm. they're still working for Instagram models and they're still not getting tagged in their own posts and it's just yeah we have to break the cycle and it's hard as like a small business up and coming where your main uh, where your your main people who are buying your things are like local people, right. like your friends and family and oh, stuff yeah. like that. But, like with my art, it's hard sometimes to price something because I know like this is my friend who I know like he's not super rich, so right. I don't want to charge him like hundreds of dollars for this or whatever. But if but you have to, and when it's a corporation too, like yeah. if you're working with companies, you need to charge them what you deserve. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Because or or even like if you don't. If you don't, like I've been in the position sometimes where if you don't think that they have the money to pay for what your product is, then they shouldn't buy it. You know know what I mean? And that's a hard conversation to have. It's very hard to have that conversation. And when I was in the, what I consider the portfolio building stage of my business, so it was when I was still trying to get images just to show people what I could do, everybody got the friends and family discount. And a lot of my, my friends got photography for very cheap, but I would not consider most or any of it my best work. It was learning work. It was practice work. Mm -hmm. So I think it's okay to give uh, those sort of discounts if it is a situation like that or if it is a situation where it's an equitable trade. So um, I I will work for trade. I, I will trade almost anything. I traded my hair for photography all of this hair was done by a colorist in exchange for shooting his wedding wow, <laughs> yeah. That's dope. yeah this would have cost me probably about a thousand dollars otherwise because i had very dark hair and so there's things like that i'll trade for i just did a shoot for a friend and i'm trading and we're trading it for uh, an art piece of hers so if it's an equitable trade if they can value what they create at the same level so I can buy what I can create. Let's work it out. Let's make mm-hmm. it happen, you know? And and you still got to do, like, the correct tax stuff and invoicing and contracts, just so everyone knows. <laughs> Don't just give people stuff for free. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you ever – I wonder, do you ever experiment with, like – I'm sure you do. Do you ever, like, challenge yourself where you'll use, like, maybe – I'm sure, like, YouTubers do this stuff where you'll get, like, a bare minimum of equipment, like mm-hmm. a very basic camera or, like, a very basic lens and try to do some sort of thing with it with only that minimum equipment? I haven't done that, but I'll, I'm going to be – really honest right now I'm not that good with equipment honestly like I know my camera and if you hand me someone else's camera I look like a ding dong I look good absolutely I don't know how to use, I do not know how to use a Nikon camera if you hand it to me I will vomit and I I just got a Sony a couple months ago I still I'm just like oh, I don't know how to use this little thing where's the buttons I like I only know what I know, and that's it. It's so hard. I was even telling you just before the, before the episode, we're looking into new softwares and stuff, and it's yeah. so hard when you get used to one thing, and you're like, okay, I know how to do my thing with this yes. thing, and then you get a new one, and it's all different menus and buttons and settings, and you're just like, well, this is going to take a couple months. It's so stressful. So I was recently at what is inarguably the biggest shoot of my life. I was hired by Sony Records to do photos of the Baja men, and it was a huge deal. And I just got this new uh, equipment, and I was like, oh, I should try this at the shoot. 
don't try things at a paid job. Don't do that. Don't try anything. So I'm like trying to hook this thing up to my camera and I'm like, oh fuck, I don't know what buttons to push. Never mind, abort mission. And I was just, before anyone could see me struggling, I was like, just put that back in the camera bag. I'll set that up later. How did that, how did that come about, that opportunity? Man, that is just uh, the power of networking, honestly. Uh, work your network, folks. If you want better paying jobs or cooler connections, work your network. So... I got that job because another local band who is a ZZ Top cover band found me on uh, Facebook. They found me on Facebook because two other photographers in the area recommended me when they asked them to do photos. Mm -hmm. And they were like, no, 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 no. Go to Jessie. She works with bands, which was really nice. And um, I don't know either one of those photographers personally. So I was like, oh, that's really nice, you guys. And uh, so they found me. Their manager happens to also be the manager of the Bahamut. And so whenever I got done working with that band, I sent an email to their manager. I was like, hey, we worked really well together. Thanks so much for like trusting me with your band. And he was like, yeah, I may have some more projects for you. And then before I knew it, I was shooting the goddamn Baja men. Wow. Crazy. So hopefully that leads to more Sony Records stuff. We'll see. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You want to take a quick break? We're a little over 20 minutes. Okay. We're going to take a qu quick break. We're going to turn on the AC because it's kind of toasty in here. Right, and we'll I'm be so right back. I'm so sweaty under this giant skirt, you guys. <laughs> Enjoy the ads. <laughs> Roses, man. Never looking for beef, but ain't a vegan neither. Just gotta be the right cut. Better believe you get easily eaten. Barely even gotta put a fight up. Fly up through the clouds and I grind up. So high hard, tell her will I wind up. I jump through another portal with my eyes shut. Tell her find a red and then I fill it in the lines. But I did not come here to talk about how I'm one of the best writers. Just making it clear, don't hunt matches down, but throw the first strike. I might set fire like ooh. Might set fire like ooh. Might set fire ID. Yo, it's ID, widescreen, my vision like a thighs beat When I lean, they hit it on the rise We comprising the mission so my eyes creep to sign me So I'm twisting up a YZ, so come and hit this L That's the only one we take for real Me and all my niggas doing well Drop another album, that's a trophy on the shelf hey, I'm finna Welcome back, I hope you enjoyed the ads One ad I loved those ads <laughs> So good, right? So, so entertaining bad. Danny's got such a nice voice <laughs> Alright, next listener question we got It says, what would the title of your autobiography What is that? Autobiography, autobiography. <laughs> okay. What, what would the title of your autobiography be? Oh man, I will have to think about this one. Um, probably something like, "I'm I'm trying my best, and I'm sorry that I was mean to you." An autobiography by Jesse. It's probably something like that. I'm always accidentally mean to people. I don't know what that's about. <laughs> Angela says it's because I'm a Virgo, but I don't believe in that stuff. I think I just don't have good home training. Is that something that you <laughs> is that something that you sense or that people tell you? Yeah, people tell me that a lot. Actually, so Lee Brushnider, one of my very good friends, uh, he said that when we first met, he was like, "Wow, what a bitch." <laughs> I was like, what? But it's because I made fun of his name because I couldn't pronounce it. I was making fun of me, but he thought I was making fun of him. Oh, I see. Classic miscommunication. Yeah. Classic. <laughs> so, uh, I, this may have been brushed on. I don't know. I don't. I don't think it has been. Do you have a blog? I have a blog on my website. I blog primarily for search engine optimization purposes, uh, which helps my website get to the top of Google. It's not there oh. yet, so I need to blog more. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I do have a blog. Um, it's also because I want to uh, kind of give some of the information that I know, some of the stuff I've learned along the way to other people. I also would like to, if I can get better about blogging more timely, I would like to blog about every band that I work with. Um, but... I don't know. Some of them are kind of boring, and so it's hard to blog about all of them. No offense to the electric mud. <laughs> Speaking of bands, the f uh, I would want to know what 
what's the most recent shoot you've done of a band? Was it the Bahamas? That was the Bahamas. Okay, that okay, so that's a good comparison. How <laughs> how would you compare your experience? recently with them to your first shoot what was it the good bad the kids good, bad kids how would you compare those two experiences such a wild difference so i remember okay the first shoot that i did was with the good bad kids and i remember i didn't ask them anything about like what would you like your shoot to look like what would you guys like to wear what would you like your photos to say like none of that was part of my conversation with them it was ooh, i saw a cool spot in marco island let's go do photos <laughs> and that was pretty much it. I didn't know anything else. And of that shoot where we probably spent two or three hours together, I think I got like five good photos. It was pretty rough. <laughs> and it's because I didn't really make plans at that time. I was very much just a, I see something that I like, I go shoot it. Hopefully it works out. Um, and I remember on that shoot also, I had my friend Sway, who was another local photographer that moved to Miami. Um, but he was there as my photo assistant and he had brought his, uh, off camera light that he had just gotten. And I hadn't really played with it very much. So I was like experimenting with this new equipment on set. And I was just like, I don't know how to use this thing. And it's hot outside. And we went to this like weird boggy kind of place in Marco Island that smelled like dead fish. And Nikki, the drummer, was very upset by the whole thing. So it was really gross. And she was getting your shoes dirty. And it was just a mess <laughs> compared to the Bahamian shoot where I had a fashion stylist and I had a videographer and I had a hair and makeup artist and I had a huge commercial studio and I had planned out every shot that I was going to take before I even took it just wild like the difference between the two just totally wild and it went completely flawlessly in fact the band was about two hours late and it still went flawlessly (laughs) so it's just crazy and a lot of it really comes down to preparation and planning and really having a clear vision for what is going to be accomplished in this shoot and just making sure it happens so how far (laughs) how far in advance i'm sure it varies how far in advance do you do you did you know about that shoot how long did you have to prepare i had three days what? For that shoot, <laughs> three days. Wow. Now I had been contacted about the shoot probably two or three weeks prior, but it was a very like we might, maybe, possibly do this if we can get the stuff coordinated. Eh. But I don't plan things until I have confirmation that I'm going to do it because I don't want to put in a bunch of work and then not get paid. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't planning anything. I did a little preliminary research for them on some locations we could use, but that was it. Like the the studio was booked two days in advance. The uh, wardrobe stylist was booked two days in advance. She had two days notice to get outfits for nine men. And so it was a little bit of a crunch. So yeah, that's another thing. Being able to work quickly and handle like a lot of craziness. And I mean, Miami is not a city I'm familiar with either. That was a whole other challenge. I was like, I don't know where the fuck to go for anything. (laughs) So we figured it out. And just being able to manage manage a project is important, which I did learn a lot in my previous career as a camp director. So I know about managing projects. (laughs) Nice. Is there fears you have, like, especially when going on a, like a photo shoot like that on that level? Like, do you bring like backups on backups and like, do you have fear of like, just like a malfunction in technology? Oh yeah. Yeah. Actually for that shoot, I did have a malfunction. Um, I had just bought a new light and I did a whole unboxing video on YouTube and all this stuff. I was so excited about it and it broke immediately. It clearly had something wrong with it from the factory and I intended to use that light on this shoot and then couldn't. So I had to send it back and I was, it was literally supposed to be delivered the day I was leaving for Miami. And then there was a delay and it didn't get delivered until the following Monday. So I didn't have it. So I only had my three Godox 8200s, which are great lights. They are small lights. And I was like, fuck. 
but I thought ahead and I booked a natural light studio. So, so while I was still using my flashes, I still had plenty of light in that studio. So I had, I didn't have to like flood them with light, which was Mm. really good. So, um, but yeah, the fear of just like, what if my car breaks down? What if I get diarrhea? What if I get, like, what if uh, my camera just stops? And my camera is five years old. It's been through a lot of shit with me. Um, I did have a backup camera, so that's good. But it's the Sony, which I'm not really good at yet. So Uh it's a little scary. Um, So, yeah, there's all those worries and all those fears. But you just kind of have to have a plan and know what you're going to do. And the most important thing is, like, don't look panicked. Yeah. Even if you are panicking, never look panicked yeah. because then your client loses faith in you. That's essential for any like management yeah. of anything. You really can't show how yeah. panicked you are. Yeah, don't look pissed off. Don't look like, "Oh shit, something went wrong." To be like, mm-hmm. "Oh shit, something went wrong. No big deal. I got this." And yeah. then they'll be okay. <laughs> so have you throughout your your career, have you had shoots that went very poorly that you look back on as like big learning experiences of like I didn't have backup this or backup this so it all fucked up I haven't had anything massive happen like that I've definitely had shoots where like something went wrong and I'm like okay I le- take something from this learn from it do better next time mm-hmm. um I can tell you I am not a wedding photographer by any means and I, I said earlier that I traded a wedding for this hair that was like one of like 10 weddings I've done in my life um other ones that I've done I have literally hated every moment of it and wanted to evaporate from my body like during the whole thing why is that i don't like weddings in general like don't invite me to your wedding i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to be there it's boring and i hate it and so i think because i don't like them it's hard for me to like shooting them yeah and also i am a firm believer that you should if you're going to be doing an art full time, you should love what you're doing. Yeah. And there are so many amazing wedding photographers who love every moment of that sappy shit. And I want them to have it. I want her to have Mm -hmm. it. I don't want to step in her lane because she loves that. I don't want to take that from her. So when people come to me for weddings now, I can confidently say, no, thank you. Reach out to Brie Lombardo. Get her. Get (laughs) Brie. She'll take care of you. That kind of leads to a question I had with when it comes to doing what you love for a living and art and like something you're passionate about, it's important to like, it is a business and you have to treat it like work, but it also, it has to make you happy and you have to keep it fun. Mm -hmm. Do you have, other than all the self-doubt and stuff, do you have moments where like you feel burnt out and you feel like this is becoming too much of a job? Do you have outlets to kind of make it more fun? Yeah, you know, I feel like YouTube and like the blog could help in that way. They do help. Honestly, like 95% of what I do is working on my website, working on invoices, working on contracts, emailing people and like 5% of it is actually shooting, editing, and delivering photos. And so like that's the stuff that I get excited about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other stuff I'm just like, I have to fucking update my website. Ugh, I have to post on social media. Mm-hmm. And I hate it. But I, I'm hoping to get to a point where I can literally just outsource all of that to someone else yeah. and just pay someone else to do it. So that's like the long-term goal. Yeah. But in order to like stay motivated or like make it fun, I will try to um, spend days doing something that's new that I'm really learning. So like a couple weeks ago, yeah, I spent some time learning like a new Photoshop trick, like a new way of manipulating photos. And that was really fun cool. and, and really handy. And it kind of like reinvigorated, oh yeah, I like doing this stuff, you know? So things like that, just trying something new. I think um, I think something that a lot of people forget when they become a professional at something is to make time to learn and to always want to learn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can always get better. Definitely. I have so many things that I need to get better at. <laughs> and, and photography is one of them. And, and photo manipulation is one of them. So, yeah, try to learn new things. What about your day-to-day schedule? Like, how 
how has that developed? Like when, because there's lots of stuff you have to do in today's age with like social media presence and websites and this and that and channels. Do you have like, do you just kind of do it as needed or do you set for yourself? Like today I need to update this, do this, do this, do this. And then my day's over. I don't do a very set schedule. I like to keep things fluid. Um, Part of why I have always struggled in being an employee of someone else's is because I like fluidity and I like being able to say right now I'm doing this and when I'm tired of that I'm gonna do something else and when I'm tired of that I'm gonna go walk my dog and so I don't have a set schedule I uh for social media things like that I just post when I have something to post about some people are really good about posting every single day and they'll go into their back catalog and post old photos with like new edits and stuff like that I just I really hate social media, and so I hate having to post on it and think about something cool to say to get people's attention and all that. So I just wait till I have something to post. And there's a lot of work that I do that I don't post because it doesn't really fit my brand. Mm-hmm. You know, if I just do headshots for someone, I may have loved that session. I may have had a really fun time with it, but it doesn't really fit in with, like, photos of a band or, like, soap bubble planets or, like, all the weird stuff that I yeah. do. So I really kind of curate and just post the stuff that's, like, what I want my company to look like, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and I think that there's an argument to be made that, like, with the look of your Instagram and your post schedule and stuff, even though it's not, like, some of these big internet people that do every single day and they have a schedule with that stuff that might be a really good way to like get your your profile in the algorithm or whatever like boost it up there a whole lot Mm -hmm. but i think there's an argument argument to be made that just having good stuff to show people at any consistency is good because if you look through someone's instagram who clearly carefully plans it out like Bree's instagram is very carefully planned out with how she posts her photos Mm -hmm. she doesn't post every single day but when she does post people like it and i feel like it's the same way with you similar yeah it's more about um i want organic interactions rather than I post it every day and therefore I'm up your ass every day and therefore you can't help but like my shit like I don't really want that and I don't have like a ton of followers I don't know I think I have like 1500 on Facebook and Instagram and it's partly because I'm not super engaged with it I don't I don't sit on my Instagram all day and just go and like and comment other people's posts in the hopes that they'll come and like and comment on my posts. Yeah, yeah. I don't have time for that. If you like my stuff and you comment on it, cool. If I happen to see your stuff and I like it, I'll comment on it, cool. But I don't spend that much time on it. I just don't care. I get enough business that I don't feel like I have to. (laughs) Yeah, and it can become like, if you treat that like a workload, it can become like an uphill battle to where like we struggle with, where we try to like network with people and we try to like, show our support and comment and like and share yeah. and put on our stories and this and that but it gets to the point where there's so many people you want to help and support mm-hmm. that it's like i'm gonna be on instagram all day right. if i'm just it sitting here it yeah and like you and i get worried that people would like take it personally if like i'm not like supporting them or whatever but that's on them they yeah. gotta know i support them i know yeah. what you do i hope no one takes mm-hmm. it personally i honestly don't i i don't follow all of my friends super closely because not all of them are doing businesses anyway it's mostly their selfies and their dogs and yeah. stuff and i'm like just bring me over to your house and i'll pet your dog and look at your face like that's the same thing mm-hmm. i think so yeah. <laughs> and i'll like it in real life so. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh do you want to get into the third the yeah we can, we can do the third one awesome. Ooh, all right. the next question <laughs> submitted question looks like a Oh, that's a deep one. Oh, God. Do we want to open up this can of worms? Let's do it. Don't ask me about my parents. What are your parents? Um, So it says, why do people suffer at all? Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. A little crazy. We just took a term for the depressing. Look, take another one. Who take asked another, this? Take another. Look, there's a handful. There was like. Someone t- suffering asked this. 
and they want to know why. Why do I and hurt? And they think Jesus, Jesse Christ, can answer it for them. There's like ten questions that are deep like that, but this one looks. This one's lighter. This one's lighter. If you had to play one album forever, which one would it be? Oh my God. Okay, I I probably have played the Hamilton soundtrack enough for it to qualify for eternity. So I'm just going to keep going with that one. I love the Hamilton soundtrack. I cannot rap, but I can sing like 75% of those songs. So they're pretty good. <laughs> didn't what was your answer whenever we were talking about this i think we, i didn't have an answer i don't know i, I it's really I, I was trying to think of it logistically like what would be the longest album with the most diversity so that if i get tired of this i can listen to that That's yeah. but didn't you have an answer no i like kind of changed it uh when someone asked me that i changed it and i said i'd bring a podcast and i'd bring all of joe rogan's podcast that's cheating that is <laughs> cheating. cheating boo cheating just bring <laughs> joe rogan podcast as your album yeah. thousands that's of cool. hours of content that's hilarious i'll be on this deserted island for a while i don't think i've ever listened to joe rogan's podcast. i don't really listen to it regularly there's some people he have on that i'm interested in but i don't i don't follow him too closely yeah. do you still listen to it regularly every day Every day, really? yeah. dedicated fan. Yeah, because yeah, I work construction, so I work a nine to five Monday through Friday, and yeah, I have head headphones on like majority of the time. Yeah. So I only like to listen yeah, like when I'm podcasts. doing something that doesn't require a lot of attention, so, like doing the dishes or cleaning the house or mm-hmm. driving, which I guess does require attention but doesn't feel like it. Mm-hmm. So I don't get to listen to as many as I would like. Um, but I, I listen to Rachel Maddow show every day. I've been listening to Rachel Maddow show since like 2007, like every fucking day. Nice. And she's my girlfriend. She doesn't know it. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Yeah. There's times I'll get behind on the podcast that we listen to. I'll like not listen to episodes for weeks and then I'll have one day where I have some hours to kill and I'll just listen to all of them. Catch up on Back to back to back. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm to the point now where I have like up, like podcasts like I, like new episodes every like monday through friday like you know on everything i'm oh, no watching way. yeah so, so like yeah and days don't feel the same yeah if i'm like if it's like wednesday and they're like late on upload i'll be like thinking i'm like or like why didn't they post today like it's wednesday why didn't they post and like yeah i'm just it, a work day is not the same without a podcast for no, me. that's true that's so cute that's so cute i feel like that's a cool like <laughs> no for real that's like a cool routine to have you know yeah yeah, yeah. So especially the morning, especially like the start of my morning, like the drive to work, drinking coffee, like listening to the breakfast. Yeah, 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 I feel that. <laughs> yeah. I've been thinking about doing Uber Eats as a side thing, and I could just listen to podcasts the whole time. And That's just, a like, great chill. idea. And that reminds me, yeah. uh, as someone who is a bit, like you run your own business full time and you don't work for any sort of company as a side thing, have you, what advice would you give to someone who is like a workhorse and just is like, you know, they're doing their own thing, so they consider the more hours I work, the more it's going to pay off. So mm-hmm. if they just never get a day off and just work, 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 what advice would you have to someone like that? Yeah, that's what I do. So, yeah. <laughs> do you still struggle with that? I mean, I work all the time. I, I, it's a problem for me. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very bad at relaxing. And yeah. I'm, uh, I, have, I have zero chill. I have zero chill whatsoever. And uh, when I do finally just like hit the end of my productivity, my relaxation is I'll lay in my bed for like four hours straight just watching TikTok videos, but not even smiling. Just like, <laughs> just really creepy looking. <laughs> it's just not even enjoyable. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't be like me, kids. Don't be like me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, we're just about there. We could we could get into the, the, the plugs and stuff like that. We can go ahead and wrap it up, unless you had more stuff on your little sticky notes. Oh, there's sticky notes? You're not going to... Uh... <laughs> Mention the one thing we always mention. We ask our guests. 
Oh, there's a, there's the a ghost story. There's a yeah. secret. Well, I was thinking about replacing the ghost story with um, the listener questions, but if you have, do you have a ghost story? Oh, that comes I... to your mind. It doesn't even not necessarily ghost, just like a crazy story of like unexplainable happening. Oh man, let me think. I uh, man, I when I was little, I. I think this was just an overactive imagination kind of thing. Um, but when I was little, I had a very, very, very vivid dream that maybe was real, uh, where I was walking to my bus stop and um, my mom came out of the house. And I was like, hey, mom. And she's, she, or maybe she wasn't, no, she wasn't in the house. She came out from behind the house. Like she was like out in the backyard, which was weird because she usually was like asleep when I would go to school. She comes out and she's carrying this huge snake, like a giant snake. And I'm like, whoa mom why do you have a giant snake and she just smiles at me like a psycho and waves at me and i was just like okay i'm going to school bye (laughs) and we never talked about it because i may have dreamt it i'm not sure (laughs) wow i i have i have a crazy memories like that yeah i have one too yeah i'll say it even i'll I'll even say yeah um i have this i have this like what a little bit further back i have like this legit memory of um being thrown like my mom was trying to cut my hair and i was moving too much and then i she threw me across the room and but i was on a stool and i gra- i was grabbing the stool <laughs> and then i flew off the stool and i grabbed the ceiling fan and i was flying along the ceiling fan this sounds real <laughs> like say. i feel it like I, I feel a wind on the on my face but like every time i asked her about it she's like what are you talking about she's like that's i definitely did not abuse you in that way that's like that's like the, mem- <laughs> the memories i have i have two memories of the one where I got lost at Three Oaks Park, and then whenever Dad, because fe- I wanted to go around the big track and walk, and then he didn't want to, so I was, I just went. I'm like, okay, I'll just go. And I was like, I don't even know how old I was, and I just walked away. And he, he, I was missing for a bit, and like y'all had to search for me. And then when he finally found me, he picked me up by my hair. Oh my god! I don't know if that actually happened. And then the memory. You have, like these like buried memories of child abuse. Like I'm not gonna ask my parents though. I don't want to know. And then the memory of him holding me over the uh, tank at the zoo. When I was a little kid, he like he like held me over the thing, the alligator thing, <laughs> just to scare. My dad's not abusive. <laughs> just to clarify, uh, I, lo- I love you, dad. To the contrary. <laughs> I love you, dad. I just I'm I'm hoping those were just dreams. Oh, yeah, yeah, who knows that any of that ever happened? It could have could have not happened. Because it, it feels like one of those things where like I remember it as yeah. a childhood memory, but I don't know if that actually happened. As kids, it's so easy too to mix up like a thing we saw on TV with an actual thing that happened to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, it just gets all blurred. For years, I swore to Jesus Christ Himself that I saw a pirate ship on Lake of the Pines in Linden, Texas. Well, not in Linden, Texas, but in, in where I grew up, and which is a lake. It's like a creek. It's shitty and little. There's no way there was a pirate ship there, but I was like, I saw it. I saw a pirate ship there. <laughs> and finally, I was like, oh, wait, no. That was the Goonies. I just watched <laughs> the Goonies. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's really easy to mix those things up. I've had memories like that. Where, and also, like, people you thought you knew or something, like someone you knew of from childhood, you're just like, oh, that was just a character from that show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't have like real-life friends, so I made friends with Hayon. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Do you have anything else you want to get into before we wrap it up? Um... We could plug our anniversary show coming yeah. up at Howl. Let's let her plug first. 
Oh, right. And then we'll talk about Okay. Ours. How rude. I mean, we already talked about a lot of stuff you do, but if you want to tell the camera any of the, like your website, anything you have coming up you want them to look out for, anything Absolutely. like that? Absolutely. Um, so my website is www.jessiecason.com. It's J-E-S-I-C-A-S-O-N. A lot of people think my name is Jessica Sun. It's not. It's Jesse Kaysen <laughs> uh, on Instagram and on Facebook and on Twitter and on uh, Pinterest and YouTube. It's all Jesse Kaysen Photography. Um, what do I have coming up? I don't know. Some jobs. Stuff. Oh, I'm opening a studio. Oh, yeah. I got my own studio space. What? So, yeah, what? I keep forgetting. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. It's tiny. Um, it's a little bit, it's a little really small, but it's going to be really cool. It's going to be at the Union Artist Studios, which is in uh, Fort Myers near the Alliance for the Arts Center. It's like next door. Um, so I'll be up there with a whole bunch of other artists, which is exciting. So I'll be doing right. some, uh, some creative shoots to, uh, celebrate that. So that's cool. So yeah. Thank you guys for having me on the show. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Yeah. So thank much. you for coming. And, and let, what do we got going on, bro? So we got our anniversary show coming up at Howl Tattoo. So cute. Uh, that's March 28th. Saturday at 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. All that sounds right. Yeah, and, and uh, <laughs> it's going to be, we got live podcasts. We got artists that are going to be there, live painting. We got live painting? Yeah. Uh, and, we got, gi- and a giveaway, too. We, we, it's confirmed that we're going to have multiple giveaway items, but the one that's confirmed is a how tattoo gift certificate. That's going to be a giveaway. And I heard that there was going to be elephants there. Is that true or a rumor? Whole circus. Awesome. We are, yeah. We I'm are not coming circus unless there's there. at least six elephants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got six elephants. And a trampoline. Awesome. Cool. We do have a food truck, though. That's legit. We do have a food truck. Do you want to say the name of it? Uh, no. Is it confirmed? Okay. So no. We're going to be a food truck. We're going to have a food truck. We're gonna it's going to be an F450 or whatever full of food and, like, nachos. <laughs> the entire back of the truck is just full of nachos. Yeah. Food truck. We ain't lying when we say we got a food truck. <laughs> Where can they find us at, dude? All right. They can find us at City of Palms Podcast on YouTube, Facebook. Instagram, SoundCloud. No, we're not on SoundCloud. Oh, Anywhere you listen. You guys on Pornhub? Yeah, Pornhub. Get that podcast on Pornhub. That's how you know it's legit. Right, true. <laughs> um, yeah, new episodes every Monday. This has been episode 51. Thank you guys for listening. Hit him with that outro on the sword. Yeah.